Let me ask you something and answer honestly. Do you have a hard time reaching your goals? And I get it. There's so many distractions to keep you from them, whether it's scrolling Instagram or your, your toddler taking up all your time. You'd have to be a superhero to finally finish writing that book or to become a famous singer or even to finally fix that broken down car in your driveway. That's why our sponsor is the Blood of Virgins. Take away all the difficulties of your demon sacrifices with pre-made, pre-canned virgin blood. This is blood from real virgins, not just vaginal virgins. You won't get any 2-bit butt stuff virgin blood from them. Just pure 100% the stuff. Use our discount code to get some virgin blood. Another movie review podcast. At least it's better than a car crash. And we're gonna write some funny ads. Talking movies and having a blitz. It's the beaded podcast. It's the Beat It Podcast. And welcome to Beat It Movie Reviews. I'm devil worshiper Joe Cabello, and this is babysitter Chris Asoda. What's up, Chris? Hey. And we're joined How's by writer for Thundercats Go and a book that I love, Killing It, The Action Girl's Guide to Saving the World, Joan Ford. What's up, Joan? Hi, Joe. Hi, Chris. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited hey. to have you. You had recently tweeted that you uh, want to talk about horror movies on podcasts. I think that yes, was it, that's, right? That's true, yes. And you very graciously invited me to talk about a horror movie on your podcast, so thank you. Yeah, the, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. It's tr- it's it's truer it's, it's truer words have never been spoken because I have I I I thought like I'd get like like one or two invites. I am now like have my October booked doing a horror movie podcast. That's excellent to hear. And that's what I um, wanted. That's awesome. So awesome. My wish came true, yeah. and so and you're the star. You're the you're the first one. So thank you for kicking it oh, off. Good. The warm up. Mm-hmm. Very or good. you know, the main attra- the main the <laughs> main event, and then everything else is just like you know, <laughs> an encore maybe. That's right. Like if your your Coachella lineup day one mm-hmm. needs to have a big bang, and then the last day needs to have a big bang. This is yes, Coachella yes. day one. I've never been to a Coachella or know any... I don't know if that's accurate, but sounds right. I, I've, I've been to Warp Tours, and this that sounds like how you do a Warp Tour. So, that, yeah, you know, you get you get no effects day one, Gwen Stefani day five, and just in the middle, it's all Big D and the kids' table. Exactly. And, like, a bunch of uh, bands that are just different versions of bigger bands. But yes, still yes, like no. anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just no effects in three, in like thirty different combinations. <laughs> uh, let's get into what we've been watching before we get into our feature review. The reason we're here to talk horror: the Babysitter Killer Queen, the sequel to mm-hmm. the Babysitter from a couple years ago, before Samara Weaving blew up. I would even say. Um, so a very mm-hmm. momentous movie. Mm-hmm. Some could say it's her. Joan Ford on the Beat It Movie Review podcast of her yes. career. Yes. <laughs> so you can ha- you'll have me back for another episode, but I'll just like pop in at the very end. <laughs> Spoilers, would you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's get into what we've been watching before we get into that feature review. We always start with the guest. Joan, tell us anything interesting you've been watching you want to talk about. 
Ooh, I've been, and this this ties into what we were talking about. This is what kind of kicked off my uh, need to talk about horror movies. I've been uh, re-watching uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street series. I, I uh, did a... Um, I did an episode of uh, my friend Mark Rennie and John Flynn's podcast. Is it okay to cross-promote here? Is that okay? Absolutely. Please do. Um, uh, I, they're doing a special – they were doing a special series for their Patreon. They have a series called uh, Two Old Queens where they're looking for the gayest movie of all time. They're doing a special <laughs> series for their um, – their Patreon, where they're just looking for the they're they're looking for really the second gayest uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movie of all time because like, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty well accepted that two is the gayest. Um, there's a whole documentary about it by far. Um, but yeah. but so, so yeah, so they had me on to uh, to talk about Nightmare on Elm Street four, and that simultaneously kicked me off being like, oh, I like talking about horror movies. I should I should express that I want to do this more, and um, I like the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, so I started kind of like re-watching them but it all but in a very weird order because oh, i was already on i was already on four um i did four then three i did four three two then i went to new nightmare um and that's where i am right now in the order okay because i'm a big fan of three love three um two i don't like as a uh, nightmare movie Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it is just a little more of a possession movie to me. Um, For sure. But I think at, looking at it outside of that, it's really fun. Uh, number one, I I love, but honestly, I haven't seen all the others. Oh, oh, wow. Um, I mean, I've, I've de- I definitely saw them all growing up. And, like, um, now that I'm revisiting them, they're, I think they're, like, I think they're, like, all, like, to some ex- they're all, to, like, some extent or another, a lot, like, richer and a lot, like, more interesting than I think like I mean I still love them as kids but I love them more of kind of as like pop ephemera whereas like watching them again I'm like oh they all like have something interesting going on they're all like going for something um all they there they have like even like four was the what kind of like kicked me off on this because like rewatching four I was like oh four is just kind of gonna be one of the middling like you know, not too interesting one, but there was like a lot of just like interesting, like fun stuff going on in four, even just kind of like the way they're, you know, the way they all kind of like carry on this theme of like, except for two, I guess of like, you know, although, you know, we could have a long conversation about two about the way they kind of like, you know, empower their, like, you know, their, their heroines in some very interesting, cool ways that like horror movies back then weren't doing Mm -hmm. um, and still aren't doing even for like, you know, four's four's climax got me very, very like emotional. I was like, Oh, this is like, they're richer and deeper than I think I realized. And I really love that. So that's been, it's been a very like reward. It's been, very rewarding to like rewatch them as an adult and be like oh you know there are like I think the way they were kind of written off when I was growing up by critics and like parents was kind of like did them a disservice because there's a lot there's a lot I mean they're also there's a lot of like stuff that's like cheesy and like you know cheesy and cringy about them but there's a lot that's also like really very cool and and it's been a rewarding rewatch yeah I think some of that cheese with certain uh um I guess eras of film you just have to take and can't really yes. criticize it for that and I think that's kind of what the bad yes. parts of it are. Exactly. Sometimes literally in in Nightmare 4 uh, Freddy eats a pizza made of his victim soul. So in some cases you literally <laughs> have to take that cheese. Oh. <laughs> Spoiler again. But uh, yes. <laughs> Chris, what's your relationship with the Nightmare films? Uh I've <laughs> I watched them like when I was really young, so 
I don't remember them too much other than like the the way later ones. Like I, the one I've seen the most is definitely um, Freddy vs. Jason, yes. but that's not yes. really uh, <laughs> one of the like originals. So obviously, it's but, but very I fun. like that movie just because it is. Yes. Yeah, it's super fun. Yeah, that's that. I think that movie deserves more credit than it's generally given. I think it it was bad when it came out, and it's great now for some reason. And I don't. Know. <laughs> yeah, I I love Freddy vs. Jason. Um, the only reason I haven't yeah. rewatched it is because I'm doing it. I'm covering it for another podcast. Um, oh, nice. Uh, so um, so I'll rewatch that when I, it gets closer to time to do that podcast. But um, but yeah, I I, re- I saw Freddy vs. Jason like a couple times when it was at first out in theaters because I did really enjoy it, and it was like the first. Yeah. It was the first of those movies that I was like old enough to actually go see in the theaters. Like all the other ones, oh, I was yeah. too too young to see in the theaters. So it was it was it, I liked being able to get a dose of like real Freddy and real Jason, like uh, first at a first run theater. Yeah, that is that's yeah. a pretty cool memory, especially in looking back and knowing the significance, which has only grown of that franchise. Yes. Yeah, uh, I, I did watch it like couple months ago because i think it came out on netflix yeah recently. i just rewatched uh-huh. it as well uh, i think like two months ago or something yes yeah and then actually the other one is you know the the remake they did with uh jackie earl haley mm-hmm. yeah have you guys seen that one no i it's um have you seen it i have seen it i have a i have a okay. story i have a story about how when i saw that movie please oh really yeah. Well, actually, uh, it's 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 more of a story of when I did not see that movie. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I did eventually see it, but the first my I was originally supposed to see it at a midnight screening with uh, with Jordan Peele, uh, and I had to, I had to, and then I like bailed on it because I got stuck at a at a at a comedy show and i had to like text jordan and this is before jordan peele was like even like key and peele and i was had to text him and be like oh like and then like we were kind of becoming like horror movie buds and then that like ended it when i like bailed on him for a comedy show and that was what a mistake that was i should have gone and seen that (laughs) that crappy remake with him (laughs) i think i regret everything where i chose a comedy show over the thing yes yes (laughs) because i'm certain i would have become best friends with jordan peele from that one screening Mm, i'm certain of it too and now you've made a mortal enemy i have yes (laughs) this is a moral yeah that movie is so bad it's so bad i haven't seen it it's it's like all all of the fun removed from i feel like and the other thing too is there's like there's like 15 kids that just keep dying one after another in the movie and at no point does it ever feel like oh or it just feels like you're watching it from the first 10 minutes you're like okay so this is supposed to be the main character and then they die and then they introduce like more characters and then they die and they just keep killing everyone you're like who's yeah supposed to be the main character i don't understand it's like it's trying to do an echo of the first film but then just keeps hitting that button over and over yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good observation that like yeah that is some and they they even rep- do that in like other in other nightmare sequels like 4 does that of like kind of like handing but they like they're much more deft at it and I agree that it just felt like yeah who am I who's the follow character here in this who am I supposed to care mm-hmm. about I don't know yeah. yeah yeah that can be a fun move but it's like you really get one shot at making that impactful Yeah <laughs> 
I also thought that was like that was like the one like horror remake where I was like, oh, this this is one where like the advent of CGI should really like help it. Like like kind of like diving into like Freddy's like nightmare world should be really fun with CGI. And they also blew that too. Like they it looks it looks worse and more boring <laughs> than like any yeah. of the uh, the the other ones. I, especially yeah, it, just, it was nothing cool. Yeah, that the first one where you have that ups like where they make an upside down room just so they could pour blood and shoot it upside down so it looks like the blood shooting up and yeah, they, that's so yeah they or is that two that no that's one. Oh, yeah, that's, that's one that is one um and they just stay on that shot for so long because yeah when you do all that you stay on that shot and it's just so cool like from yeah. a story to a craftsman perspective it's we want to see that we want to see that exactly yeah um, well, very cool. That uh, that definitely led to an exciting discussion of the Nightmare films, which I love. Chris, I would say um, go to three first on a revisit. I think you would really love three. You three personally. is definitely the best. Yeah. yeah, it's just a fun, like, quasi-superhero movie. Um, yeah. But, Chris, let's get into you. What have you been watching? Uh, let's see. Well, I watched uh, so the next Miyazaki movie. Yes, yeah, so uh, Joan, what we've been doing is, uh, well, Chris started, he, he's been visiting one Miyazaki movie as they're all on HBO uh, per week, so I decided to, to do it as well with him. Uh, so this week was? Ponyo. You laugh when uh, you say that. Yeah, it's just, the movie is like, so, it's like super cute, mm-hmm. so it just, the the characters are always saying the name and it's like synonymous with that now i feel like ponyo uh, yeah <laughs> uh so yeah what did you think um, of did you watch it Jack? yeah i did watch it uh, i th- i thought it was just like really cute but um nothing really happens and then the movie ends <laughs> uh but it's like the shortest one too it's only an hour less than an hour and a half but i think i paused it at like an hour and 20 minutes for some reason, I had to go to the bathroom or something. And then I realized, whoa, there's only 10 minutes left of this movie. How is this even going to end? I didn't even realize. It feels like they're only halfway through. Yeah, you're like, what has happened thus far? Which I guess things happen. But um, yeah, Joan, are you a Miyazaki girl? I am a Miyazaki girl. I've actually, I remember, I saw Ponyo when it was in theaters, but I've actually recently, I've been doing the same thing. I've been uh, filling in my gaps of the Miyazaki films uh, on HBO Go. Not necessarily in order, but I've just been like, like slowly re watching the, or watching the ones I hadn't seen. Awesome. Yeah, we've been going through uh, Spirited Away, uh, Howl's Moving Castle, mm-hmm. Porco Rosso. Porco Rosso. I think those are the, the only ones. The only ones. And we're kind of established. Uh, Princess Mononoke. Princess Mononoke, yeah. We've established tiers. That S tier <laughs> is Princess Mononoke, uh, Spirited Away, Totoro, and I think that's it. And then it goes down to A tier with Porco Rosso. And there's other A tiers. Hell's Moving Castle's B tier. Mm-hmm. What tier do you think uh, Ponyo falls on, Chris? I ah oh man, I probably would go with a C tier. That's correct. <laughs> Good, I passed the test. 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I I agree with that. Like, I remember. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen Ponyo. Since I haven't seen it, since it was in theaters. But I remember being like, I, I feel like a lot of Miyazaki's style or, or storytelling style can be like described as like you know, like there's a little bit of a lack of conflict sometimes. It's more about just kind of like appreciating like life and like the rhythm of it. And, and, you know, like I love my neighbor Totoro, but I feel like that's a a movie where it's just about like processing your feelings and there's not a lot of like direct conflict in it. And that, and like Ponyo is the one movie that maybe takes that like ethos, like a bit too far where it's just like, I'm really, what am I watching here? Is this anything? I think there was like, was there a flood in the movie? I remember there being a flood. That's the weird thing is there are like these events in the movie that are like pretty big. Yeah. But something about the movie just kind of like wafts through all these events. Yeah. And sometimes well, it's like, even the characters. Yeah. Yeah, the characters are just kind of like, well, we flooded, like, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a flood, and the mom is like, okay, well, I'm going to leave my five-year-old child with this newly found child at my house and go check on the old people. Yeah, and go missing for 18 Dirt, hours. Mid-flood. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think ultimately this one came down for me. It's like It felt like this movie wasn't for me, wasn't really mm-hmm. supposed to be for mm-hmm. me. Um, so I kind of just put it into that and I, it was kind of a background, turned into a background watch because it it wasn't necessarily catching me. I could see it, uh, being more for children and more aimed at that and that simplicity. So I I didn't hate it, but I definitely was not engaged. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Good background. It's a, it's a background movie. Yeah. And it's, it's beautiful, but it's also, it feels like it's, uh, I want to say it's intentionally simplistic compared to his other movies. And that's, that's part of it. Like the childlike lens. Yeah. Uh, but it also just feels like he had less budget for this movie. I agree. Um, have, in your rewatch, have you got, are, are you going to get to, um, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but uh, Nazca of the Valley of the Wind. Oh, definitely. We will. I, I, yeah, that, that was one I watched for the first time on this. Like this one of my, like, I'm filling in the gaps and my it's like it's like immediately like became one of my favorite movies. It's I, I was blown away by it. I just can't believe I have never watched that before. It's I really like that one as well. There's a few of them that like I bought multi formats on DVD, Blu-ray. Yeah. Whatever I could. Uh, digital everything. That was one of them. Ugh, but but uh, yeah, it's we- not S tier, though. I will spoil my tier for that. <laughs> I, it's not S tier. What what is what did we say in his S tier? Totoro, Spirited Away, mm. and Princess Mononoke. I think that would make my S tier, but you know we all have our we all have to make our own decisions <laughs> about yeah. where Miyazaki movies go on tiers. That's true. It is cusp. I'll say it's cusp. Yeah, it won me over immediately when it's like when she let that little like fox creature bite her finger and she was oh. just like see like that like that just like won me over immediately i'm like i love this character i love her philosophy uh it's just a great moment it just like tells me everything i need to know about this character i'm like i'm on board this is like my fa- favorite movie now yeah it doesn't matter like this move always works in a screenplay letting the animal bite you and not getting mad yes. about it because understanding it's an animal or feeding an animal your last scrap of food Yes. Those two things are are like somehow so cliche beyond anything, but still work. So go use them. Put them in every True. script you have. Yeah. 
maybe write a book about it. Maybe there's like a phrase for like, you know, a phrase for it that could be turned into a, a book that everyone follows. <laughs> You'll, we'll, we'll never know. We'll never know. I can't think of it. Uh, well, very good. Ponyo, it wasn't our favorite Miyazaki watch. What's up next week for the Miyazaki? We should have a name for this segment, but uh, we won't. <laughs> Uh, next week is the last one, which is his newest. It's called, I think, The Wind Rises or something like that. All right. The Wind Rises. I haven't seen that one. World War Two. It's about World War Two. All right. Well, and for me this week, uh, I'll save my big one for last. But I have been, uh, I'm all cut up on The Boys, season two. Uh, just did a, a big, heavy watch of that this week. And I'm loving The Boys. And I, I'm so confused that I've loved the boys even from season one uh, because it feels like everything I should not like, being a little fatigued on superhero and even being fatigued on uh, superhero critique and like meta superhero stuff. But it just seems to hit every beat right for me from the uh, the gore to this not-so-subtle commentary on our current world and people at power um are you guys caught up on the boys i know chris you were watching some boys uh that's not yeah. what <laughs> yeah uh, i'm caught up on the boys how about you john um i i got about halfway through season one and then kind of uh checked out i think like what you described said at the beginning about like why it shouldn't work for you i think like i was it, it I felt the same way, but just was not able to, like, overcome it and just, like, stopped about, like, halfway through that first season. So I didn't even, like, particularly dislike it. I think I was it was just coming from that place of, like, I've seen these mm-hmm. critiques of, of like, the superhero genre before. You know, I, I, I'm... I'm And I, I can definitely appreciate, like, the skill and, like, yes, they hit those beats really well. But I guess for me it was just, like, you know, it's, like, I, I feel like I've even seen, you know, th- this seems to be, like, a critique on, like you know, Superman or Captain America or like all that, or just like, like big bold letters, superheroes. But I'm like, I feel like I've seen those characters like do these same, like, like these same critiques told through stories with those same characters. So mm-hmm. it just felt like a little like edge. It, it's, it thinks it's a little edgier than it, it is. I don't know. That's just yeah. where I'm with it. No, I, I can totally understand that because it's kind of, I've never teetered to your point of view on it, but, I feared it and I thought it would happen. And it's happened to me with other properties that are similar to this. Cause yeah, I feel like I have seen all this stuff before, but I think I just really like the flavor they're presenting it with. I totally get that. Also, I, I hear that Billy Joel factors into this season big and that's like hearing that was enough for me to be like, uh, 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 I might, I might uh, try to catch up just to see what this uh, Billy Joel connection is. Also, um, I, the, what, I forget her name, but from uh, You're the Worst, I love her and like, I think I kind of want to, I, I want to see her in the show. Um, who? Because I'm not familiar the, with You're the Worst. I, Oh, I think she's put, her name is Aya Cash. She's playing um, uh, Sto- I think the character's name is Stormfront. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. She's very good. Uh, yeah, and very bad at the same time. I uh, yeah, I think she's uh, fantastic. So you know, I I that so I am like I may be like I haven't decided. Do you think I could start season two without finishing season one? I 
I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of stuff at the end part of end stretch of season one that's really fun and good. I, I would maybe wait till you're in the mood for superhero okay. stuff. Because sometimes I'll find I'm just not, I've been maybe overdosed on a certain type of thing. And then I watch a show and I'm like, nah. But then like a year later, I'll watch it and be like, oh, I'm refreshed and this is good. So I might give it time and watch all of it because there's just, there is a lot of cool stuff. Okay, okay, I will someday. I mean, I, th- I think I'm pretty deep into season one, so it shouldn't be that much more that I have to watch. Yeah, I think it's 10 episode seasons. And Chris, you've been uh, you've been enjoying it. Are you all caught up? Yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, I watched the new episode four this week as well. Yeah, because that just that came, came out, out Friday or something? Came out like, I think so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like it so far. And like you're saying, yeah, it's just kind of... I'm surprised that it's still interesting to me, but they, they kind of find, they keep finding ways to do new things that are really fucked up. Yeah. No, uh, but, but so interesting true. still. Yeah. It's a very it's unforgiving crazy. show, which makes it very interesting. And I haven't had that same thought going into season two. I was like, do I even want to watch season two? Cause I'm still superheroed out. But then yeah, first episode I was hooked again. Uh, well, cool. Let's circle back to you, Joan. Anything else you've been watching? Ooh, anything else I've been watching? Well, I, I, like I said, I'm also kind of doing the Miyazaki rewatch. Um, I'm I'm very I'm tr- I'm trying to get around to watching um, the the new Charlie Kaufman movie on mm-hmm. um, on uh, Netflix. I love Charlie Kaufman, um, and I usually if this was in the theaters, I'd probably like rush right out to see it. But like. I find my stuff like starting and stopping and just being like, I'm just not in the headspace for this right now. Uh huh. That's that's <laughs> so, been exactly me. Why I haven't picked it up yet. Yeah, it's like I feel like I love Charlie Kaufman, but I also feel like you have to be in like a very specific like headspace for him. Like you have to be like, okay, I'm devo- It's not like it's not it's not just like a fun casual like flipping it on gonna and like gonna. That's just how I end my night. You got and it's like. Especially because it's like two and a half hours, you have to be ready to be like, I am. This is my this is my night. I'm devoting like all my headspace to this, and it's easy to do that when I'm like going to the theater and being like, okay, I'm going to like settle in. My attention is stri- on this and this only, and I just haven't been able to get there for um for for this for um I'm thinking of ending things yet. So I guess that's more of a, like what I'm not watching. Yes, but important. But that's what I'm. T- <laughs> That's what I'm trying to get it in. I'm trying to watch that. I want to I want to watch it. I want to be in the conversation, but I just can't get there yet. Yeah, Chris wasn't too hot on that movie, right, Chris? Um yeah, you know, I think I said last week that uh I just need to watch like uh, one of those videos on like uh, I'm thinking of ending things explained or whatever, yeah. right? Yes. And because I'm like, I'm, I'm sure I'm just stupid and I don't understand what was going on. And after watching one of those videos, I can confirm I am stupid. And I, <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't exactly understand what was going on. Uh, but after watching a couple of those videos or even just one of those videos, it, it everything makes sense after watching. It. I was like, oh, OK, I will. Yeah, I guess I just missed a couple things. That I will admit, like, I haven't watched the movie yet, but I those I had those those videos have started popping up in my YouTube algorithm. And I'm yeah. like, maybe I should I just watch one of these <laughs> save myself, <laughs> save myself two and a half hours. Um, yeah. So, so 
I don't know. Well, we wish you know. luck on that journey to finally watch that. I'm kind of in the same boat where I'm waiting for that time. But it might be like my Irishman where I just never see it. Yeah. So see, I I would have I saw the Irishman for that brief like two weeks that it was playing in theaters out here. Oh. I think if I uh. I think if I hadn't gone to see it in a theater, I would like never watch it. Like I I rarely can watch stuff that long not in theaters. Yeah, you bring up a good yeah. point about I think there are different or more of a well of movies you can watch in the theater and enjoy. It, just that experience and that isolation and focus allows yes. for that. Yeah, I feel, and I feel like it's like it's not quite the thing of like, oh, this is like a big block for me at least. It's not like, oh, this is like a big blockbuster with crazy visuals. And I'm like, I have to see that in the theater. It's more like this is a like two and a half hour like like slow like think piece that you just ha- like you can't have the option to like turn to your phone. Uh huh. Yeah, there's been so many movies that I've watched that I'm like, I'm so glad I saw that in theaters because I just would not have taken it all in. Yeah. Uh, I would say probably uh, the Jesus is King Kanye West IMAX experience movie was one of the. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, you have to pay $25 on top of your subscription to AMC to see that boy. But, uh, yeah. Man. Uh, well, okay. That Was that a Fathom event? That it was, I think, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad nice. I saw it. I would have seen it twice. But my family wouldn't let me. <laughs> uh, let's go to Chris. Chris, anything else you've been watching? Yeah, actually, real quick, I was just gonna—I was wondering, are your—is your guys' cameras working? It's not loading. For some mine reason. is not. Okay. Mine is not either. Yeah, I was wondering because like mine hasn't been working, so I was just curious if I don't know you guys if you can see each other this whole time. And... No, I don't know if it's—I don't know what it is. Oh, there you are. Oh, is mine there working you are. now? Okay. Oh, mine isn't. Yeah. Oh, mine's working now. No, yours working. Cool. Wait, does that mean okay. mine's going to work? I know. Well, yours, actually, the only difference with yours, Joe, is I see, like, a loading sign for yours that just keeps spinning. There oh. I am. Oh. Oh, there you are. Yeah. Oh, my. Where, how? <laughs> yeah. What just happened? The, the energy <laughs> just shifted. Uh, Chris, I love, I love your, um, I love your, your like space. It's, it's very. Uh, is, is, do you like, do you broadcast from here a lot? Do you do like Twitch and stuff? No, you know I don't. I just set this up to uh, when it, so when I talk with Joe, it looks cool. cool. It still but. looks cool. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, we've done some live streams and things before with video, but sometimes it's more headache than it's worth doing. You know. I got it. Yeah, uh, that's my motto with everything. That's more high. It's <laughs> good, Bono. Uh, but okay, good. Uh, good uh, distraction from what have you been watching, Chris? Yeah. Okay. So I watched uh, yesterday. I watched that new Netflix movie, Hashtag Alive. Did you see that one on Netflix? Oh, I've heard of a zombie week- movie. Or weekend. Yeah, it's like a zombie movie. Uh, Oh, I I posted uh, in our Discord, but I don't know if you saw it. There's, like, another movie coming out called Alone that's, like, an American movie, but it's the exact same script, but Alive is, like, a South Korean produced and made movie mm-hmm. that takes place in South Korea, and Alone is, like, in New York or something. <laughs> but, they're, like, I watched the trailer for Alone a couple weeks ago, then I saw this movie Alive come out on Netflix, and I was, like, watching the trailer going, this looks exactly like that other trailer I saw. 
Um, and I, yeah, so I guess they're based on the same thing, but it's basically just a guy who's like, you know, living in uh, some apartment building and he's like really into video games, doesn't like going outside very much, and a zombie apocalypse happens and he tries to survive. Okay. Pretty basic stuff. And uh, would you land on it? Recommend or? So, yeah, if if you're into uh, zombie, you know, survival movies with only a couple of characters, it's it's pretty fun, and it's not too long either. Yeah, the zombie genre for me, I'm a little over it for the most part. Um, so I don't know, like, because I saw you posted the trailer in the group, and I was like, uh, yeah. Maybe when I feel like a zombie. Where are you at with zombies, Joan? Ooh, I'm pretty tapped out on zombies. I think, I don't know. Yeah, I can't even remember the last time I was, like, really excited for, like, a zombie thing. Um, like, it, it's so it's crazy to think that, like, that, that like, zombie renaissance was, like, so long. That, like, when, when I was first, like, getting into it, like, the Shaun of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, like, era is, like, mm-hmm. 16 years ago now. Maybe it is time for me to, like, reinvest in some zombie content. There was one that I saw recently. I want to try to get the name of it, but it was a uh, kind of more of a zombie comedy. And the thing was that uh, being a zombie was an STD. So you got mm-hmm. it like an STD, and then there was a whole like group of people who hunted the zombies who were, uh, had STD, or the you know people who had it. And uh, let me see if I get the name. Do do. Eat Brains Love. The name is terrible because <laughs> it takes Eat, Pray, Love, obviously, but it, the plot is nothing even closely similar in theme or anything to Eat, Pray, Love. So don't call it Eat, Brain, Love. <laughs> I'm still yeah. upset about that. No wonder I forgot what the name was. That's really bad. Uh, but that was the last one that I was like, okay, this is kind of fun because at least it's horny. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, a little tapped out on zombies. I don't know if I'll check this one out off your that seemed pretty lukewarm on it. On it, Chris. Yeah, yeah. It's it's super, super basic. It's not anything yeah. special, I would say. But a lot of people there are zombie fiends, so uh check it out if you're a zombie fiend. Uh and let's go yeah. oh wait, let's go to me. I actually have the big one. You guys ready for the big movie that I saw? Yes. New Mutants. I saw. You saw New Mutants. I saw it. Where did you see it? The uh, Pasadena Drive-In was showing it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so I saw the New Mutants. Finally, I've been so excited to see the New Mutants. Uh, The New Mutants has had a lot of bad press. It's been delayed for a long time. Reviews have been bad about it, but I'm here to say that New Mutants is a really amazing episode of television that's what the new mutants feels like i would say that is my general review of like most superhero movies <laughs> like, like i think most most of the mcu to me is like this is this this is like a really good episode of once upon a time or something uh that's so, that's exactly so, what this is in a big way yeah yeah so no i'm i'm that's i mean would i like more from superhero movies sure but i don't i don't hate it yeah, uh, it's the thing is, I think it's it doesn't have this the visual scope or just any type of the scope of you know a Black Panther or Captain America superhero movie. 
mm-hmm. but it's not trying to. It's so trying to in the reverse. It's like a Breakfast Club meets X-Men type of situation. Uh, but it was kind of jarring going into a comic book movie that definitely like has this feeling and like promotion and posters of a comic book movie. And the mo- it doesn't f- start like one. It starts so quiet and remains quiet for a long time. Uh, It was a little jarring in that way, but I think that's just kind of genre conditioning that becomes a problem, and movies can use that uh, for themselves, or it can just be kind of an issue. Uh, Like I think of when you're you're conditioned to see even a horror movie, like we've seen uh, what we're talking about with Nightmare on Elm Street. It's like you're conditioned, oh, the first a person you see you're following that's the main character and then they're killed in 10 minutes uh that's jarring for the benefit of it this just felt like oh nothing's happening at all in this superhero movie still nothing is happening and nothing's happening but it was that being said it was fun it actually was fun but i, I think a lot of people are will probably be hoping for more um especially if they're not they don't know anything about the movie, the production, or anything, which most people just are like, hey, the new superhero movie, let's go see it. Um, Do you guys have any plans to see this movie? Uh, Probably not until, at least for me, not until it's it's available. Well, you know, once it's on Disney Plus, for sure, I'll watch it. Um, But I'm probably not going to make it to the, to the drive-in, which is the only way we I can see movie we can see movies Mm -hmm. uh, right now. Um, uh, I I am curious, um, what a like I, I I was really excited early like you know years ago when they were first advertising it that it really seemed like they were gonna like lean into like a horror like uh, like the horror genre with it like does that pa- does that pan out or is it not really like a horror movie at all? Uh, I it, the answer to that is not a complete no, but I think it from your the the energy I'm getting from that question you'd be disappointed with the amount of horror of genuine okay, horror but- that's in it. Then that answers my question. Yeah. That 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 you answering that question helps me answer your question to a more of a firm no. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I do think you could wait for this one on demand. Mm-hmm. Uh, versus this might be a different. That would be a different answer with something like Tenet, which I haven't seen, but it might be like, hey, go to the drive-in for that one. I imagine, but we'll see when I watch that finally at the drive-in. Um, but yeah, New Mutants. It it is fun though. So. Uh, eventually catch it on the streaming services. Okay. Um, let's go around uh, the circle. Oh, what's up, Chris? I was just going to say, I actually watched it too. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't ask me how, but I did also watch oh, well, it. You went to the drive-in is what we'll assume. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, I, I FaceTimed you and then watched it through your phone. That's, I mean, that's how it looked when I was watching it anyway. So. Oh, I see where you're coming from. Okay, so I did not know that. That was yeah. between last night. When, and today. when you told me you were gonna see it, yeah. When you told me you were gonna see, it, I was like, "Oh shit, I should just watch it. Fuck it, since it's uh, never gonna come to streaming until I don't know. They actually haven't announced when it's gonna come to streaming. So. You never know. Because I think actually they have a deal still with where they have to release it on Hulu before it's on Disney Plus. Mm. Because uh, Fox made a deal before uh, they sold everything. Right. Uh, well, and they haven't even announced when that's going to be. Yeah, so it could be could be a while before you see it legitimate. Well, uh, apologies to not ask you then. What do you, what did you think about it? No, <laughs> that's cool. 
I, I mean, I feel pretty much the same as you. I think I was going to make a joke about how uh, it really isn't scary. And, like, the the final confrontation is like any other just regular superhero movie. <laughs> yeah. There, there's, uh, there's these creatures that they fight that are supposed to be scary, but all of them have powers that decimate any of those creatures. So it just... There's no yeah. like fear involved. It's it's kind of a bummer. I so I was hoping for that hard horror angle. Yeah, I do sense some deleted scenes from the movie yeah. that kind well, of they... tie things together, or at least make sense of a couple like reasons why they don't just decimate things with their powers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they it's said it's kind of confusing, but I guess they did so many reshoots and stuff that uh, it might have. You know, they might have had to kind of look over, overlook things that would normally make sense in a, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But Anya Taylor Joy is really awesome. In it, yeah, she she should have. She was kind of the main character as far as like attention yeah, goes. Right? Uh, very good character. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have to say about it. We're hot on New Mutants. Joan, let's do one last circle if you have anything else to wa- uh, that you've been watching. Oof. Uh, anything else I've been watching? I haven't, played, I haven't been playing a lot of video games, but that's not really watching stuff. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, nah, I've just been, like, making my way through. Like, just, like, I'm very into horror, like, horror in general right now, as previously stated. I watched for the first time. I watched for the first time the Neil Jordan 1984 film um the company of wolves uh which i which is like this i don't know have have either of you seen the company of wolves no not at all no uh, it's a very cool like um like retelling or in some way it's 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 kind of a delve into the little red riding hood story and like what it like its cultural significance and it's it's you know it it's just diving into the psychology of that story um it's a very like set in like old time like in like backlot 1980s like made to look like like creepy like um like old woods mm. like Angela Lansbury playing like when she wasn't that old playing a very old woman um, and there's a lot of awesome. very cool practical like wolf effects. Um, like we, I was like in that that howling that like howling slash um, American Werewolf in L- London like early '80s mm-hmm. when everyone was trying to like outdo like the like wolf yeah. transformation <laughs> effects that was very that were very fun and very cool to see. And a lot of like just real wolves like on a screen like tearing shit up that was very cool. Oh, very cool! I might have to check that out. Uh, fantasy horror, it seems. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it looks, uh, it looks awesome. It is a it is like it is like it's very fantasy horror. It is a horror movie, but like in a very like with one foot very deep in the uh, like fairy tale world. So like definitely fun, definitely worth checking out. Very cool. Yeah, I'm a I'm an '80s and uh, and '90s era horror dude. So yeah, things like it's this like '80s. Also, eighty four. That's that's another eighty four movie. And like eighty four, what a year! Good year for horror. A lot of classics. Yeah, that was the original Nightmare, Gremlins. Um, cool. I'm looking at this movie. It looks so, the cover is beautiful. Yeah. Um, Chris, how about you? 
That's it for me, actually. Yeah. All right, let's wrap it up there because I'm really excited to talk about this movie, our feature review. So let's get into our feature review of the babysitter Killer Queen. Um, as we get into this, I'd like you know if you could talk about what did you think about the first one. I'm hoping everybody here has seen the first babysitter, and then give us your thoughts on uh, on the new one. Let's start with Joan. Um, I have seen the first Babysitter, but only because I watched it today. I, I hadn't seen it, so knowing I had to watch Killer Queen, I was like, I'll make it a little uh, double feature for myself, Very so fun. I watched both. Um, I had, I would say I went into, like, the first one with, like, very low expectations. Um, and I was kind of like pleasantly surprised. Um, I think it is a like, I think the first one is a like very enjoyable little like horror film. Um, kind of in spite of some of the, I don't know how else to describe it, but like the Mick G isms mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Um, and by, and like right now when I say Mick G isms, I think I really mean like, watered down Edgar Wright isms because there's a lot in it that I feel like are you like do you did you just wish you had done uh Scott Pilgrim dude but still uh you mean I more really like enjoy- Edgar wrong yeah yeah Mick G <laughs> is Edgar wrong yes I love that um um, but I still really enjoyed it, just and in spite of a lot of those things. I'd say primarily because of um, I didn't even know Samara Weaving was the babysitter. Um, so when she came on, I was like, I I, I had thought Bella Thorne, like just because I the because I knew Bella Thorne was taking more mm-hmm. of a lead in this one. I was like, oh, Bella Thorne's the babysitter, and I was like, for the first like ten minutes, I'm like. Is this no? And then what? And like I, I, but like I love Samara Weaving. I think she's so good. Um, I think she brings a like, like in that first movie, she brings a lot to like a character trope that I'm not like the hugest fan of. Like the the there that character trope of like the thing that's cool and valuable. The thing that makes this woman like cool and valuable is that she <laughs> likes all the things and knows all the references that the 49 year old writer director knows. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she's just still so good and winning that it's impossible not to like her. And um, so I really, I despite, you know, a few things here and there, I really enjoyed the first one. Um, and I'd say the second one in relation, I feel like, amped up a lot of the things that I didn't like about the first one. It's more McG than ever. It's more <laughs> it's more McG than ever and less Samara weaving than ever. So like I there I I didn't hate it, but it was just like watching them so clutch to close relation, I'm like, oh wow, you've really like amped up the stuff I don't like and and pulled back on the stuff I did really like. There's still some cool stuff in it. I mean obviously I just love that, you know, this is a, these are movies that use real when when there's a geyser of blood it's a it's an actual like mm-hmm. you know geyser of something um so i i like all that but it was a, a i it was a letdown uh from how much i enjoyed the first one certainly all right let's go with chris um uh, i think i kind of huh I did really enjoy the first one. Are we just talking about the first one? Uh, give your thoughts on the first one and then your thoughts on yeah. the second one. Just so okay. we know where you stand. If you hated the first one or loved the first one. Uh, so I I liked the first one, but I felt like there it was missing something, I think. But then actually I feel almost opposite of the second where I just I enjoyed myself the whole time. And I thought the bits were funny. I just thought the humor was better. 
than the first movie. But it was, I really do wish Samara Weaving was in it the whole time. Yeah, we, we knew she, she was. Be. What was great about the original, but yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was a bummer. But I, I don't know. I think I just enjoyed, I laughed out loud like a good amount of times in the sequel. But um, I think that's more to do with just how it feels like they just don't give a shit with the, the second one. They're just like, fuck it. We're bringing everyone back. Let's just do hey, it. Everybody have fun. That yeah. seemed to be the, the note <laughs> to all the actors. Uh, cool. All right. Well, my thoughts. I uh, The first one I watched, and I think like you, Joan, I thought it was a Bella Thorne movie, which I think that was just yeah. the promotion, <laughs> the promotional tactic, like Usher with uh, the faculty. Uh, you guys remember that? I do. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's kind of was the, the same mechanism there. Uh, but it was such a surprise movie. I think I just put it on randomly uh, with a friend, Blake Wilding, that you may know uh, from L.A. comedy scene. Oh, yeah. I love Blake. Yeah. And we, we just watched it. Had a great time. I loved it. It's And I rewatched it Friday night because I, uh, I didn't remember it too well. And just you got Leslie Bibb. You got Ken Marino. You got so many fun people. King Batch is in it. Bella Thorne's fun. It's a really stacked cast, and everybody's giving a lot. And I really appreciated that about the first one. So I I loved that one when it came out and I first saw it. And I think I even liked The Babysitter more now on the second watch as well. I think it's aged really well. Uh, The Babysitter 2... I really liked this one as well, and I didn't know anything about it. I didn't look at the trailer. I try not to. If I know I'm going to watch a movie, I don't watch the trailer. And if I'm not, if I have no idea what a movie is, then I'll watch a minute of the trailer. And if I like it after that, then I'll not watch the rest of the trailer. So this one, I was like, I know I'm going to watch it. So I had no idea what kind of the premise was going to be. And even though it's nothing like too surprising. I'm sure the trailer probably gives away exactly what happens a little bit more than not the trailer. Uh, But that was a really fun journey just to kind of see how they're taking the exact same scenario from the first one and then recreating it. I always think that's fun to see how movies do that. Horror movies, I think it's a little bit easier uh, than other movies to find a sequel. I think about my favorite sequel of anything is probably Miss Congeniality 2 because I think that does a good <laughs> reverse uh, such a perfect reversal for the sequel uh, having her basically become more of the the thing she fixed in the first one now she's a thousand percent that and needs to go back I think that's really smart with horror movies it's kind of like how are you going to get them in that situation to die again so I really like that I thought it was funny it's at times very throwing everything editing wise into it in a very McGee way. That's like, dude, maybe you don't need to use that technique because it doesn't fit the motif <laughs> of everything you've done so far in the movie. Um, but I also kind of in the vibe these days of like, who gives a shit? Just like do as much cool stuff in a movie as possible to keep me interested. And this movie did that. Uh, so I was really hot on this one. I don't know if I like it more than the first one. I think the answer is maybe no, just because the Samara weaving factor. But that being said, who they brought in for the cast here with Jenna Ortega, who I first saw with uh, you season two. 
great show, you. Um, she's back on the Netflix team, and she was great in it, so I think she kind of makes up for a lot of Samara Weaving's absences. Um, so that's my thoughts on it. Let's get into spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, go see it or not. We're going to talk more about specific things that happen in the movie. Um, we don't necessarily go sequentially or anything, but any things you want to bring up, uh, it's all on the table. Joan, we could start with you and then kind of just open it up openly. Um, I will say the one thing that I, 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 I do feel there's a, there's some like sequel itis thing about this movie that like, that hurt that like right off the bat like hurts it from me like i do feel like it hits that like like what i think of as like ghostbusters 2 syndrome where like they just kind of like reset like the world and it's like it's like the way in the ghostbusters 2 is just like back to like well everyone hates the ghostbusters and like people like don't believe they're real and it's like how there there was a fucking marshmallow man like what do you like how did everyone just collectively for like i felt it had like some of that same like lazy resetting of just like the first everyone thinks he's crazy for the first movie and like that the first movie he says the first movie didn't happen it's like where did all those dead bodies go uh, like like even if they yeah. just even if even if they somehow miraculously like covered up like eight dead bodies like there's still like like cops are gone there are cops who just like disappeared in the yeah. like <laughs> like and their last known place they were going was this kid's house like it can't just be like that kind of like lazy resetting really bothers me um and also like it just becomes really like it seemed like in the first movie like they were all in high school with samara weaving but then we like flash back in this one and it's like well one of them's like trying to be like one of them's interviewing for like a news anchor position and so like one of them's <laughs> like on like apparently gonna be like a pop star and the like a, a rap star in the 80s and i'm like what is going on it's like yeah. there's a lot of like kind of lazy resetting here that i i feel like gets into that like sequel stuff i don't like the one thing i did like and i thought was very clever and i and like i give the movie props for this is making like the like the love interest from the first movie like halfway through making her like the big bad i think that's love that very did not see it coming very fun very clever um and that i did that was like i don't know why they had to do all that like kind of like lazy like just like retconning like everyone forgot this thing happened um when they clearly like had some like really good ideas up their sleeves yeah for me i I can definitely see that as being a problem. I didn't mind it just because I was like, just get me as easily back into this shit as possible. You know? Yeah. It's not like a, a Hell Hellraiser 2 where it's like immediately afterwards and she's in the psych ward. <laughs> You're like... I love I love movies that take place in either hospitals or like like same with Halloween too. I love it when it's just like yeah this dri- this has driven the main character crazy. What's happening? Yeah, let's, let's, yeah. I think yeah. there's something cool that it's like the, just this whole movie's to- tone is not that. As far as those yeah. cutaways where it's like he was an '80s pop star and all that, I I think they didn't need those at all. We already knew that they were doing this because they wanted something. We don't yeah. need further character development in the second movie. <laughs> it just seemed like this is like it seemed like someone had us like what can we get Samara weaving for? Like how can we make it seem like she's more in more of the movie? And it's like well we can she'll shoot she can shoot these like eight cutaways in uh, a day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then we'll have them bafflingly strange. Yeah, the King Batch like, one where that that guy's an eighties. It made. No sense. No, it's, <laughs> and I guess I I shouldn't say like I did like individually the scenes were funny and I did like them, but they were just like 
It's like the King Bachelor, like we see like moments before his death and it's like, why, like, why is this important? I don't know. Like I've, I, it's like either I'm invested in this character now or not. It's like telling me that he wanted yeah. to be an 80s pop star isn't going to invest me more. Yeah. It's almost like they just think it's cool and fun and cute and to get some arrow weaving in that. Um, and just yeah. quickly about him too. That actor is always so close to doing too much. But for me, always hits right in the pocket where any more and he'd be cheese city, but he just kind of gets in there the right way. Are you all fans of him? He he pops up a lot uh, in in movies as a comedic talent, a former Vine star, I think. He's cool. Um, I don't really have too much of an opinion. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know if I've seen him before, but I liked him in both of these. Yeah, he's kind of he's giving a very uh, specific energy. But, uh, he's yes. in co- coffee and Kareem. Yeah, <laughs> I, I forget his role in that, but yes, he is. He's just like one of the like henchmen. Coffee and Kareem, another Netflix classic, I guess. <laughs> uh, actually, I want to talk for, with this conversation about uh, the retconning stuff, and actually with those with these flashbacks, it shows that she was this girl's babysitter and they got into a car accident and then she sold her soul to save the girl. Yeah. So when was she babysitting hit her versus this boy when she was six, I guess. So it's like 10 years ago. Yeah. So she's like an ageless demon or entity at this point, I think. Yeah. So then, but like if King King uh, Bach was in the eighties, that's before that car accident where she actually did the demon selling soul bit. <laughs> yes. I yeah. guess maybe so. she, she also had like time. She had like <laughs> time, time powers too. Yeah. It's like B- Bill and Ted. She's getting her like demon party yeah. together. Let me give you an f- alternate reading of that uh, King Batch scene. That was present or not present day, but our current times. But he is so, of course, he was never going to make it because he was a copy of 80s styles and was cheesy. Yeah. yeah. But the movie does not make that clear. <laughs> and the fact that we, we would take this much time to talk about a two second cutaway shows how baffling it truly was. Oh. Uh, sorry and then further with that is i wanted to say i don't because you guys watched the first movie again recently yeah i didn't and i'm just wondering what were her motivations in the first movie when this girl was yeah because if this girl was existing that whole thing happened with this girl before that why was she doing anything in the first movie not saving the girl or whatever i I think the way we it's to be like I I don't think like you know the girl existed in the in, in anyone's mind in the first <laughs> they uh, had a plan the one. this is the George yeah. Lucas like plan the, of guess, Star Wars yeah <laughs> but I do think the way I think I guess the way you're supposed to chronologically read it is that she got in a car accident she was driving this girl and gone this little girl gone into a car accident a demon nurse shows up and says I will save the girl's life if you pledge your like soul to Satan. And then she's like, okay, I'm going to pledge my soul to Satan. And then she's like, well, this is 
great. My actually everything's working out now that I've like pledged my soul to Satan. Um, even though she kind of gives a different reason in the first movie. Now that I think about it, in the first movie she says like I used to be like small. I used to be so like little and weak and small, and then I gave my soul to Satan, and now I'm like this. Co- I, I'm this cool babysitter. Um, so it really seemed like she like she was the cool babysitter before that. <laughs> uh, but whatever. But yeah, it's like she gives her soul to Satan. And that's now she's just like in it. She's like, well, I'm in for a penny, in for a pound. I'm gonna like now. I'm just gonna like do blood rituals and murder other. And like, I guess she was never gonna murder other babysitter because she was babysitting. Well, but so yeah. I know the the other characters they say explicitly like, oh, I want to be a music star, or a reporter. What was she doing? What was her reason? I don't think she ever gives one in the first one. Okay, because yeah, because cool. I remember in the yeah. first one, it's just like a she's bad but not really bad well yeah she wasn't gonna kill right. him yeah uh, same with this one they weren't actually gonna they were gonna kill someone who i believe is yeah. sean fisher great freestyle rapper and beatboxer in the first one that they murder and uh this one same so they're okay. they're so they're evil but not to the main character <laughs> yeah i don't know it, and it's for sure. It doesn't all come together. These two movies are not a beautiful tight bow. I think the ending of this event where it is revealed Samara Weaving was going to help them the whole time doesn't make a lot of sense. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? Fuck yeah, because we love Samara Weaving. Now she gets to be the good guy. That's awesome. Yeah. I. I mean, part of me wishes that, I mean, obviously a lot of this revolves around, like, them probably just not being able to get her back for that long, but I'm like, oh, I wish that was the whole movie. I wish it was, like, because, and I, I thought it, I thought at the top it was going to be, because, like, they reference, uh, one of the first, refer- one of the first of many references is Terminator 2, and I'm like, oh, are they going to do a Schwarzenegger where, like, she comes back as the hero, like, the protector of this one, yeah, and true. I was like, oh, my God, that would have been great if it was the whole movie and not just, like, the last five minutes. Yeah, that would have been uh, really cool. Also, it would have been cool if one of them was like, what about uh, Terminator Salvation? That movie was a piece of shit. And then just look directly <laughs> uh, in the camera. Because no. it's Mick G directing it. Yeah. Well, he's like, Mick G is like Spielberg He in, in Ready Player One. He's going to make a lot of references, but not reference his own stuff. Because <laughs> why would he ever? Actually, I love yeah. a lot of his stuff. I think it's just, you have to go into it knowing that it's kind of goofy and extreme besides terminator and um and the charlie's angels movies what else did he do what else is like he known for he didn't he he produces um supernatural right yeah yeah what's his uh... he was one of the guys like that's his show so i don't know if you watch that but i do i do um so thank you thank you for that mcd yeah right (laughs) yeah let's see Uh, as far as his like uh directorial stuff uh all the smash smash mouth all-star video oh well thank you wait he but he did not (laughs) he did not direct but he did not direct mystery man no what okay i believe that was a, a big comedy guy that directed that but um it's mostly like i think the charlie's angels are really fun and great i do like the charlie's angels so he I, does I a lot of TV. It looks like like he produced Chuck. Yeah. And, oh, that's uh, right. He did Nikita. Chuck. 
He was a music yeah. video guy too for the beginning of his career. So you can get you could see that energy more in this movie yes. than the, even Babysitter One. Yeah, definitely. Oh, did he produce Stay Alive? <laughs> Which one is that? Let's remember that uh, that horror movie about the video game? Where if you die in the oh, game, you yeah. die in real life. Frankie Muniz. Yeah, Frankie Muniz, yeah. isn't that? Um, this movie with the uh, the real big bad played by Emily Allen Lynch. She was also really great in Doctor Sleep last year. She was, yeah. Uh, she was really fun in this uh, role. I love that turn because it's heart. It's both heartbreaking, but makes total sense. Uh, she was also giving off a lot of Samara weaving energy. Were you catching any of that? Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Like, yeah, just even same. from afar, there's the, like, George Washington boat shot where she's, like, at the head of the boat. And uh, I thought it was Samara weaving at first. She's just even holding herself in that way. I it's felt. like her haircut is almost the same, it feels like, or something. Yeah, I feel like there was some like... purposefulness both in her performance and the way that they were shooting shooting her. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would, I, I did find myself like later into the, like once that twist happened, like wishing they had kind of found a way to like, cause I agree. I feel like they're just kind of like, she will be our villain for Samara weaving. Um, and she does like a really good job of it. But I also found myself being like, I wish they had found some like different like angle with the character, different like take like on the character, um, you know, let her kind of be her own thing as opposed to just like the, like she'll just like, she's just filmed these shoes because we couldn't get Samara weaving for the entire film. Right. Right. Yeah, it it could be interesting to see what would have happened given that that allowance. Yeah. Um, and so I thought she was great. Uh, Jenna Ortega, as I mentioned, she was the uh, the the girl ally character. She did so many cool things in this movie. She Mariah <laughs> carries on to that jet ski and hijacks it. That is rad. <laughs> I did love that shot. That was just yeah, awesome. Was like awesome. this character that just fucking does that. And she catches a rattlesnake like hard target. Like <laughs> what is happening? It's uh, just incredible. There's so many supernatural type of things that happen in this movie like that, that you just go with like catching a rattlesnake. Crazy. How about shooting a rabbit with a handgun from like a hundred feet away spot on target like Bella Thorne does. Then she shoots a deer with a handgun and it completely explodes. <laughs> Except, Except for, for the like feet. four legs. Yeah. I, I did yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. What did you guys think of those like <laughs> kind of outlandish moments? Uh, I thought they're it's pretty funny just because of how ridiculous the it is and the characters just seem completely fucked in that reality, but something equally as insane happens to uh, get them out. Um, yeah, I, I, I like, I guess I enjoy them as like individual moments. I think there's, there are a lot that are like on their own, like very funny um, or creative or just like fun to watch. Um, I did find there was like, uh, you know, I did find them, they, they're kind of like all over the place and they're not like super, cons- I guess this is like, you know, ties into like my like, Edgar, the, you know, Edgar Wright, like, Edgar Wright light or Edgar wrong, as you put it, where it's like, it feels like it's the, the t- like, there isn't just, there's just not that, like, 
like consistency of tone throughout. So it, it you know, it can make those moments as fun as they are be like a little like jarring. Like it just like it feels mm-hmm. all over the place. And I think like I do like the moments, but like the way they are just like the overall like disperse uh, the way they're dispersed like makes me have trouble getting into the like fully get into the movie. Yeah, it's like they serve the moment that they're in, but they don't serve the film. You know, yeah, like, I, yes. What yeah. world are we in? It's kind of hard to think what this world is. Like, is this a world where a handgun explodes deer yeah. and everybody's okay with that? <laughs> or, or like, literally a world where, like, you know, I guess I could buy that, like, one of the cult character, a cult, like, Satan characters has video game power. So, like, okay, I guess. But it's the fact that, like, both, uh, when, when the two, when... They both. Uh, who are the? What are the actresses' names again? I forget. But when they there's that face off towards the end yeah, the where fight. they both like, yeah, oh, where they yeah. both have video game powers. Yeah. I'm just like, well, what world is this? Yeah, she shoots a fireball. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I get. It's like I don't know. I'm just like that's just the moments where I'm like, what is going yeah. on? Is this in their imagination? But like, why am I seeing like a horror movie? Through? I don't know. Yeah. There you go. It's theatrical. It's, uh, it reminds me, that scene yeah. reminded me of in uh, Crank 2, where he fights uh, one of these characters, and then the scene changes to, like, a Godzilla-style shot, where these guys are in, like, Godzilla costumes fighting. <laughs> it's, it's, like, in a power plant. But I remember that, that yeah. Yeah, and I guess the real reason behind that was that, like, the footage got fucked up, so they just were like, fuck it, we'll just make this, like, surreal <laughs> thing over it and then people will be okay with that and this that's what that scene reminded me of it was just like this what the fuck they're all of a sudden they're street fighter fighting and then it's fine yeah okay. and they both have powers it's the the one girl already seemingly has powers she seems pretty <laughs> like powerful yeah she get, she's like pinpoint accuracy throwing knives or machetes yeah catching them too yeah uh, so yeah, there's this weird, like almost like a musical, like it's that version, like how musicals when they'll do through song what a fight would do or like a chase scene, and then after it's done, you know, oh that person won the fight because the in the song showed that. That's what this felt like. It's like oh here's the most extreme way we could have shown this same information. I do appreciate the attempt, even though it ultimately is like super uh, disconnected from the whole movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll agree with that, that I still, like, I appreciate someone, like, trying something and not fully pulling it off more than, like, not trying something. Yeah, like, if that was just a fight between the two characters, I don't even think we'd be talking about it. Exactly, yeah, yeah, so I do agree with that. Like, I do appreciate uh, his kind of, like, ambition with the 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 with what he attempts, even if at some point it seems like der- a little derivative or like, you know, doesn't fully gel. I still like, you're right. It's like, you know, I, it's more interesting to talk about the fail, like the, the attempts and misses than like, just like, so, like someone who would have just shot that, like just normal. Yeah. I, I kind of am in this zone of like everything, but the kitchen sink filmmaking. I'm, I'm interested in seeing that more so than something just straightforward. Um, let's see. There's, there's a lot of interesting editing moments like that, even with like uh, uh, Janet Ortega's flashback memories, like as she's talking about the day her parents died. It's like trying to be a big little lies. 
situation and you're like whoa this is happening you didn't use this technique at all during other memory scenes in the movie (laughs) but i'm like all right yeah the other memory scenes look like vhs tapes tape recordings of the uh the bad guys oh yeah flashbacks yeah and then hers are just these like weird these weird uh, flashes of memory snap flashes yeah her introduction do you like when they introduce her at the school and she's like makes a joke about how she's late on her period and then it just has a shot of the teacher and she's like he's like you crazy bitch (laughs) for no reason he just says that uh, every, that's the thing that I do love. Everybody's like every actor, every like day player. They were just like, dude, do whatever. Go do it. <laughs> do the biggest thing you can. Uh, what was the cop character? He's like even yeah. acting so yeah. weird and like touching Leslie Bibb's face. And you're just like, you know what? I appreciate that performance more than someone just going. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Letting Ken Marino do his thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, actually, I, Ken Marino I think was my favorite part of this movie. I do like is Ken, Mar- and I, I do like that it seems like Ken Marino is now just like Netflix, Netflix like throwback comedy dad because yeah. he's also in that he's in that like Spy Kids like like esque movie that Netflix just put out. Yeah, playing oh, the really? same dad every role, and we're here for it. Yes, yes, <laughs> I, I Ken Marino, he's like perfect dad. He's perfect like trying to be cool dad energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that, see, that like, scene where he walks in on them video chatting was yes. perfect. Yes, he is very and, and like. I agree, and that's like a scene that could have been like so like fumbled, but like he does it perfectly. Yeah, I think his only uh, his only rival is Will Forte on that. Yeah, I do love that. Like part, I do kind of love that part of the plot of the movie is like these parents are so convinced their son is like lost it that they're gonna send him to a special psychiatric high school which i've never heard of before i've never heard of a psychiatric high school for gifted and then he, students like, for gifted yes and then he runs away and they're just like this is fine and mostly they're like this is fine too we were yeah. we were so concerned about him we were gonna send him to a psychiatric ward but he's just out yeah yeah like a, a kid you're gonna send to the psychiatric ward who goes missing that's that's real bad. I would think. <laughs> yes, yes. Also, they like they're gonna do it like halfway through the day. Like they're just not, they're not just like, hey, you can like take the first day. Like you still have to go to like like your current school yeah. for half. So we so we can embarrassingly pull you out halfway through to go to like the crazy high school. Yeah, he's like, why did you make me take econ that I'm never gonna yeah. take again? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, but I do kind of love that stuff. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. A lot of good lines, um, too, in this movie. Oh, sorry. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, Ken Reno's line when he's like, did you check up your butt when he's looking for uh, <laughs> Yeah. That was great. And the kid's like, what? And he's like, nothing. <laughs> uh, when he pees, uh, she scares him, and he pees on her. And he's like, that was oh, not yeah. fun for either of us. <laughs> Why did you scare me? <laughs> Love that. I love how she's cool with it. <laughs> it's still yeah, she's true. cool with it. Cool she with the pink eye. Yeah. Uh, um I was gonna say what's funny too, when he gets to the their destination, he pulls out his cell phone and it's like this fucking old school StarTac flip phone from like two thousand seven. 
<laughs> something, you know, like, when I was watching it, something makes me think this movie actually doesn't take place currently, but like 20 years ago. But the thing is, like, they're video chatting on MacBooks. That's true. And they like uh, In his car. room, which I was like, yeah. And, yeah, and, like, they've clearly seen at least Get Out. That's true, yeah, the, the Get Out reference. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, the, I will say, like, when, like, everyone is referencing stuff in this, like, you know, like, it's like, there's, like, 16-year-olds dropping, like, Pee-wee's Big Adventure references. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know if you've ever talked to, like, like I'm... Six, I don't think a lot of 16 year olds have seen uh, no. Pee-wee's Big Adventure but like it's like those are all the references so when someone does say like it is jarring when someone's like the few times the references are like Jordan Peele or like Fortnite I'm like wait whoa whoa this is just like this that seems that's I get you get so used to those like archaic references that when someone drops something like contemporary you're like that does not make sense in this world people should not know who Jordan Peele is in this world I wish I remembered what joke it was but it was obviously like ADR'd uh, like with I think Leslie Bibb said it in the phone that I was like that was such a recent reference they definitely like the last 10 days of editing were like get Leslie to to say the line yeah. and throw it in there it was uh, like so contemporary that scene Just was like, I thought that scene was really funny though when he's like okay I hung up <laughs> yes. and then she's like what'd you say uh yeah, those the scenes with the two idiot stoners, Ken Marino. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that's a different dad than the first one, the first babysitter. I don't, I don't remember the first babysitter having it. I think the that dad. I remember seeing that. Guy. I think that guy just because I watched them back to back. I think that was, was the guy. Singer. He he just he just didn't have the like. Long, the like long hair and beard like they essentially like like took that character and just like it's it's that like flanderization thing mm-hmm. of just like we're, like we're taking a little thing about his character and making it his whole thing yeah it definitely turned into some very stock caricature but fun enough yeah um some good kills surfboard kill pulling i did like the Bella Thorne's death, I really liked. That was a great death. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Although, that, like, I feel like she could have easily shot them below her. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I've never had she, my head she pulled just, off. She's only shooting to the side when they're pulling at her <laughs> legs, so she would know exactly where they would be without looking. Yeah, so... That, that's funny, too, because we were talking about when she shoots the deer, it explodes. But... She shoots herself in the boob and she doesn't explode. It's like a pinprick. Yeah. Oh, actually, oh, the other thing I want to talk about was Robbie uh, Amell's character, um, the shirtless guy. Max. Oh yeah. I I think he's like my favorite of those characters. Yeah. Everything he said, where he's like super stoked for for yeah. the main character, was so his death is great. Really funny. Yeah. He's just always being supportive. Yeah, this uh, this character yeah. is such a great twist on what it could be. And yet he's still like serving that function. But like you yeah. said, like supportive while still aiming to kill the kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, even uh like his flashback was my favorite too cuz it was just him working at like a McDonald's and he's shirtless yeah. still name with tag. a name tag. <laughs> like that bit was was really good, I thought. Yeah. He's fantastic in the first one. I love that he kept that same energy in this one. 
Yeah. I also, I also really like the kind of like, um, ener- like the kind of like warring energy between like the the older the 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 like older members of the cult from the first movie and the new ones. I do think all that stuff's really funny, where they're all like, yeah. there's like a generational war between them, between members of this cult. Yeah. Yeah. And just like considering them old, and they're probably like yeah, two years older than them in the movie. Yeah. They'd be like high, they'd be like college freshmen and the, they're high school juniors. But that is that is how you feel when you're like at that age where mm-hmm. it's like co- college people like are so old. Like now all my friends are like True. crazy different ages from me. But like back then you're like, oh, like two years older. That's like a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely true. We used to me and Chris had uh, camp counselors that felt that way. And then we became the counselors and we're like, wait a minute. <laughs> Are we old? Yeah. Um. Let's see here. So that let's talk a bit, a little bit about the ending. Uh, we talked a little bit about it before, but Samara Weaven comes back. She does a Arnold Schwarzenegger in Killing Gunther, where she uh comes in the last twenty minutes. Uh, and this, uh, how'd you guys feel about that uplifting ending? I know we briefly talked about it. John, how'd you like it? Um, I definitely like seeing Samara Weaving come back. I, 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 actually, I don't mind the... In fact, I kind of, like I said, I wanted this to be an entire movie. I kind of like the, um, the like, kind of, like, villain being redeemed thing, and now she's the protector. Um, I like that. I don't like the kind of, like, well, she was actually, like, the kind of, like push they make towards like well actually she was really always good because yeah. she 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 joined this co- like like I feel like that kind of like undermines what I like I what I like about the villain being redeemed like to then go back and be like but she was actually always good she only ever joined a cult to save a little girl's life is like well then her this redemption kind of means nothing if like you know if she was only ever forced to do the bad things because like of this these extenuating circumstances so like I I wish they had like left that off I I don't I feel like they could have just been she could have just been like yeah I was like a crazy as a you know a crazy Satan worshiping monster but now I've seen the error of my ways uh, yeah so that's where i am yeah because even with uh they flash back to like her draining the jet ski of some gas and you're like really yeah. like yeah uh, you orchestrated <laughs> all of this yeah yeah that the felt gas, a little yeah. that was the part that was like okay that okay I was also I was also very confused like that was another one of those like these like someone didn't do the math of this plot it's like when she like like when she came out of the water it was like implied that she had some sort of like it was some sort of like supernatural force but it was like but she was also like just a person who was around like doing things and also like where did everybody think she was like where did the rest of the cult think she was the entire time I don't know yeah we'll never know and we'll never know how she looks like younger in this movie than she does the first one. It, it, that is crazy. <laughs> I was like, what's happening here? The, it's because then this one, they actually had, uh, they're planning the third one finally with, while filming this one. So oh, they'll explain that... where she was the whole time. Just... Oh, cool. oh, okay. Okay. Don't break my heart. <laughs> uh, one, one last little thing is, uh, the, that I want to talk about is the nurse slash therapist played by Carl McDowell, who's great, but it seems like he's doing the role that was written for Lil Rel. 
you know, little Rel from uh, Get Out. He's the the TSA agent in Get Out. Yeah. It feels like this was made for him, and Carl McDowell really pulled it through, but this is a little Rel role. This is your (laughs) little Rel role moment, LLR. Yeah. I could definitely see that. I can see that, yes. Yeah, but definitely he's another one of the, the side characters who just crushes everything's like every scene i could see uh, people walking into this movie at any point and being like this is interesting you know and then sticking through it this is like a tnt movie played on tnt 40 minutes <laughs> in you start watching it standing up and you never sit down you watch it all standing <laughs> up uh any final thoughts about the movie any things you want to bring up um, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you've talked me into liking it a little bit more. Um, this is a fun <laughs> conversation. Uh, yeah, I, I guess maybe it just suffered for me a little bit of watching it so close, like that, like watching like literally a double feature of like the first one and the second one of just like feeling that stark, uh, like you know, loss of of Samara Weaving and her her talent and her energy. So maybe my advice would be like, don't you know, watch it as its own thing. Don't like like compare it. Like, don't be so apt to like compare it directly to that first one. Yeah, and I think it's probably a bad double feature if you're gonna watch these two back to back, just because the plots are so similar. Yeah, there's that too. Uh, so I would if. If you're doing that, I'd just, like, watch one one week, then watch the second one one week. But if you'd liked the first one, I think you're going to enjoy this one. Uh, Chris, any final things? Um, no, I think that's that's pretty much it for me. All right, cool. Let's get into our final segment where we uh, suggest, or our two final segments, we suggest a double feature to go with this movie, which I think we know the one that you could do that I just suggested against. But uh, <laughs> uh, Joan, I don't know if you had time to prepare anything like that or wanted to. Um, I do. Oh, yeah, I, I did uh, think of a double feature. Uh, my double feature for, with Babysitter 2 would be um, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Oh. Um, so those uh, a double feature of sequels that, uh, for the most part, lose their main their uh, main actress, but like she comes in at the end for like oh like a surprise little cameo, and they both they're both dead like they're both theoretically dead when the second movie starts. I love the theme of that double feature. Yes, definitely a fun night. And uh, would you say that's a great double feature if you've seen the uh, first movies of each? Like you should see um, the first movies of each. Um, I think yes, it's good if you've seen both, but also, um, I think at least Mama Mia, here we go again. You probably like you just you could just watch you that. Just have to like, well, just watch that if you like ABBA songs, which who doesn't? So yeah, yeah, I think you could do it with or without having seen the first ones. Very good, uh, Chris. How about you? Uh, I have as my double feature. Uh... Uh, Joseph Kahn's Detention, which I think I've talked about before. Yes, you have. Joseph Kahn. It's like a detention, you know, Breakfast Club style horror movie with uh, kids, and it's like got time travel. It's very weird and stylistic. Yeah. Josh Hutchinson is in it. Joseph Kahn is a uh, music video director, very prolific, so expect good visuals with him. 
Uh, cool. So explain yeah. that one a little bit. Yeah, it's just um, the. It's very weird, but has a lot of style to it. There's the way the kids like in that movie will text each other and stuff. I just remember it's like it'll show the text messages on the screen, you know, and stuff like that. Like it's like a HUD almost. It's got a good visual style and for that. Yeah, it has this cool visual style that I think plays well with how this movie kind of just has a lot of crazy stylistic choices. Good. Visually. Good choice. So but two yeah. music video directors. That's the uh, yeah. the double feature. Very cool. I'm going to – mine's – I'm kind of bending mine a little bit because it's, it's more thematically in tune with the first Babysitter. Uh, it's the theme of – uh, young boys who are super horny for their babysitter horror movies. Uh, so I'd say watch this and better watch out. Oh yeah. Have you two watched better watch out? I, yeah, I Don't. saw that. Uh, I saw that in, um, the- I saw that in theaters oh. like, like last Christmas or so. Yeah. Fun. It was fun. Yeah. I really like this movie about a, uh, uh, kid who's horny for his babysitter. Uh, and it's and a horror movie, so. <laughs> yeah, and they're good. I won't say exactly how, but they're good, like, mirror films. Yeah, there's something to... I think it, it definitely matches better with the first Babysitter than Babysitter yeah. 2. But uh, that being said, I, I think if you've seen already seen Babysitter, then you have to do this double feature. Um, but that's mine there. Love Better Watch Out. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Very fun. Let's get into just quickly our sequel ideas, which is hard for a sequel. But if you have any ideas, let's hear them. Uh, I actually, I wrote what I have down is that I just want whatever the sequel to be. I want it. I want there to be the reason that all the, uh, the original characters like come back that have died from the first movie into the second. I want all those characters, like, there's a reason that they need to summon them themselves to help them mm. fight, like, other people that are bad. That way you get the characters back again, but this time they have to, like, do good things, even though they're, like, psychos. Mm-hmm. I just think that would be a funny bit uh, for it's... to have them return, but also be kind of character changes. And maybe they get some sort of redemption, even though they're just they're already assholes, scummy people. Mine's yeah. somewhat similar. So interesting. Joan, did you have one? Um, I was thinking it might be fun. Like, do a do this now. Do a a like fifteen years later sequel, but do it now so that um, like uh, what are the, I can't remember the main characters' names. Um, uh, the the kid and and the and the girl he ends up with the end of this movie they have kids now and they need a babysitter and um samara we and it's like samara weaving comes back like she's ageless because she hasn't because like you know she's just been in hell or whatever and like she's there to protect their kids from like a different like evil babysitter uh very cool i like that that'd be awesome yeah uh cool and they just need to pay a lot of money to get her back yeah it is crazy like how i remember like when 
Ready or Not was coming out. I'm not, yeah, Ready or Not, which is like my favorite movie of last year. I love Ready or Not so yeah. much. Was coming out. I remember people posting things being like, like I, when before Ready or Not came out, I thought she, I thought that movie starred Margot Robbie, and I remember <laughs> people posting things, posting things like, do we really need both of these actresses? Do we like, do we really need Margot Robbie and, and whoever this is? And I'm like, yeah, and yes, like, please. we don't need both of them. <laughs> and then like, you're right, and now and now I feel, I'm like on the same, I believe the same thing, but I'm like, I don't need Margot Robbie. I just need Samara We. If I had to pick one, Samara Weaving all the way. Agreed. I think I agree with you, but I will take both and continue cloning them, please. Uh, yeah, Hollywood. <laughs> the more, the better. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and my sequel idea is kind of similar to Chris's. All of the characters return, but that's because they're given a, a chance for redemption if they help Cole do better in life because he's still struggling. But they end up like killing people for him. Even though he doesn't want them to do that, and then he has to like cover it up, and they're causing more problems for him. Uh, kind of it's the like... same plot of Munchie. Wait, what? What was Munchie? I was gonna say, uh, I it reminds it's like a slasher version of. Do you remember Heart and Souls? No, I don't think I know Heart and Souls. Uh, oh, is that a double bill of Munchies and a movie called Munchie? It is. That's amazing. I'm holding up to the camera. Yes, the double Blu-ray pack of Munchie and Munchies, unrelated movies. Um, what is it? Heart and Souls is a mo- is a very early Robert Downey Jr. movie about. It's about like a bunch of people who die in a bus crash in like the fifties, and then in the nineties, they're all for some reason Robert Downey Jr.'s guardian angels. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I that can't remember awesome. why all these bus crash victims have to help this one guy, but it's a movie. It is a movie, and it could be The Babysitter 3. Yeah. Too. Um, so very fun. This has been a very fun chat. Uh, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, Joan, where can people find your work? Um, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram as uh, I'm just Joan Haley Ford. I also do a lot of stuff on Twitch right now. That's Twitch as uh, under twitch.tv slash Joan Haley Ford. Um, I do like a lot of like horror movie type stuff on there. So check me out there. Very cool. And Chris? Uh, just Rebirth Project on uh, Twitter. Very cool. And of course, hit him up. Hit me up on Twitter with any thoughts on the podcast. Just shout out to say hello. Leave us a review. Uh, right now, I'm working on my horror graphic novel. If you go to my Patreon, I'm uh, posting updates there and behind the scenes, like making of type stuff. Um, so a dollar a month, you could get all that and help me pay for the expensive art for this comic book. Uh, but whether or not you do, I'm going to make sure I get it out to the people. And we'll see you next week. Where Do we know what we're reviewing next week, Chris? Uh, next week, I think on Netflix, that new movie comes out, The Devil All the Time. Have you seen that trailer for that? There's a huge cast of, like, really popular actors. All right. Well, you might be able to look forward to us reviewing that then. Crazy. Yeah, it's got uh, Spider-Man in it. Yeah. All right. Well, Uh, cool. We'll see you next week when we review that or whatever else comes around. Uh, Say goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. See ya. Another movie review podcast. At least it's better than a car crash And we're gonna write some funny ads Talking movies and having a blast It's the Beat It Podcast